Welcome to the family with co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt Bernard, and Cassie Schrader. Ten innings at Wrigley, the wildest ball game ever with baseball on the brink. Kevin Cook will be with us right after this with the family. It's time for Team KQ Walzer's third annual Tour to Cure ride. Join me, Doug Sprinthal, Michael Bryant, and a ragtag group of riders as we raise money to fight diabetes. This year, the ride is Saturday, June 1st, and starts at Boom Island. We take the 26-mile route. It's a ride, not a race, so people of all abilities are welcome. It's a worthy cause that raises millions to support research for a cure for this terrible disease. Go to diabetes.org slash kqwalzer or email doug at walzer.com for more information. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. <laughs> We are back, ladies and gentlemen, with the family. Ten innings at Wrigley, the wildest ball game ever with baseball on the brink. Kevin Cook with us. How are you, Kevin? Pretty good, Tom. How are you doing? Doing extremely well. You're talking about one of my favorite places to watch a baseball game. Anyway, I used to fly back and forth between Minneapolis and and Chicago all the time. Uh, to do voiceover, so whenever I'd get done early, I'd go over to Wrigley and, and watch a game, all day games at that point. That was several years ago. But right. I love Wrigley, and uh, what was his name? Dave Kingman? It was Dave Kingman, right? It was Dave Kingman. Dave Kingman. Uh, I sat down, Dave Kingman came up and hit a ball so far, it hit the building across Waveland Avenue. <laughs> I will right. never forget that. It was wonderful to watch. No question. It is, it is the best place, I think, that you can see a ball game, especially when the wind is blowing out. Kingman hit a couple. He had three home runs in this game that uh, Ken Innings at Wrigley is about, and each one seemed to go farther than the last one. He did used to hit them off buildings and through windows and houses uh, across the street. And uh, the, the announcer for the Cubs on the, uh, in that uh, third one of his said, uh, that ball is on its way to Milwaukee. Yeah, <laughs> and, he, and he was right. It was on its way to Milwaukee. I I still love the fact they still have the bleachers on the building across Waveland, right? There there are bleachers on those buildings still, aren't there? 
They do. And in 1979, it was mostly just fans standing right. on a tar paper roof. Right. Since then, they've built them, built them into bleachers on the roofs. And those buildings that used to be apartment buildings beyond Wayland Avenue, past the uh, the uh, uh, bleachers, mm-hmm. those are now basically sports bars. You can uh, you go in the ground floor and you can get a drink and watch seven or eight TVs and eventually work your way up to the bleachers on the roof. How is that legal? I suppose they own the building. They put, what, yeah. but how you can't just put but, bleachers yes, the, on the roof. The Ricketts family, the Ricketts family that owns the Cubs, has bought most of those eleven of those buildings oh. and a few others. Oh, they had a lot of legal uh, back and forth before uh, uh, they got it all uh, zoned properly, and and now uh, now you can uh, pay almost as much to uh, sit in those seats as to get into the ballpark. Kevin, I will tell you the, the thrill of that whole thing is because when I when I turned nine years old, the Minnesota Twins, uh, well, that was the the Washington Senators at the time. They moved to Minneapolis-St. Paul, became the Minnesota mm-hmm. Twins. So I was a big uh, American League fan, and the chance to go down because back then there wasn't interleague play. So back then I would get a chance right. to go to Chicago and watch the National League, which I just loved that because you never saw those teams other than the All Star Game. That's true, and you get to get to see the pitchers hit, which is always amusing. Yes, uh, and, uh, it's amusing. <laughs> the, the Twins have always had had such a, such a great history. That was uh, in the earliest days. That was Harmon Killebrew and Tony sure. Oliva. Oh yeah, Cookie Lavagetto was their manager, God. and uh, I guess I guess those teams were almost as good as today. And now the Twins are in first place again. Unbelievable! They had a ten game lead last I checked. Although they lost last night's game, so I don't know if they still have that ten game lead. But they did. Yeah, it's baseball to me. Uh, before we start talking about the the, the, the Thursday game at, at Wrigley Field, is baseball somewhat on the decline with millennials? Do they not like baseball as much as everyone else did in my generation? I think to. To a degree, uh, that's true, and and I think a lot of millennials aren't about to sit through a whole ball game. Right. Uh, but one thing they will do is get involved in uh, in daily fantasy sports uh, in many cases, and uh, or just follow your local teams and and get the right app, and and all you're looking at is the highlights. Hmm. Uh, so that's a fun way to to follow the the game. I think I think throughout culture, we're getting less willing to sit down and watch something for two or three hours at a time. Uh, that's true even in, in football and, and basketball. It's, as much as the NBA is soaring, I know lots of uh, fans and friends who don't watch the first half. So I think, I think that's, a, that's a, a situation that every sport has to address, how to yeah. evolve with, uh, with the rest of the culture. But it's kind of bizarre when you think these are the same people that will sit in a movie theater and watch the Avengers for three hours but they won't watch a baseball game for three hours. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, it's true. And I, I happen to think that even a boring, quote-unquote, baseball game is interesting. If it's one oh, to yeah. nothing or if it's 11 to 2, uh, everybody out there is still playing for uh, for his future, for the future contracts, uh, and, and the choices that are made are what's interesting. Also, the connections in the game. I was, I was excited to find out that so many of these players – um, for instance, Bill Buckner with the uh, Cubs, the Cubs' oh. first baseman that day. Seven years later, he's going to be the first baseman for the Red Sox, yeah. making uh, uh, an epic era that's going to change the rest of his life. Um, you know, we found out yesterday Bill Buckner uh, uh, passed away yesterday, and yeah. 
was remembered as much for that single play as for the 2,715 hits that he had. Yeah, there's no question. One thing I will tell you about that, though, that I really love is whenever anybody brings up the ball that went right through his legs, and it was not a hard-hit ball either. Some people think it was a rocket, but it was not. But I think of him running down the street catching that baby on the Larry David Curb Your Enthusiasm (laughs) show. I did love that. Larry David brought him that back. That was from a the great dip. thing. That uh, it was. Larry David. I, I, I hear it took a long time for Larry David to talk him into that, but that was a great bit of uh, great thing for Buckner to have done. And I, yes, I think it did mark his kind of coming to terms with what happened. Ladies and gentlemen, our special guest, Kevin Cook, we're talking about 10 innings at Wrigley, the wildest ball game ever with baseball on the brink. A Thursday at Chicago's Wrigley Field. I'll shut up now because I want to hear the story right from you, Kevin. Well, it was, uh, as as uh, you can imagine, the best situation at the best ballpark is when the wind is blowing out. Uh, so unless you're one of the pitchers, um, and the, the uh, scheduled starting pitcher for the Cubs, Mike Kruko, came down with a convenient case of tendonitis. He didn't get to make the start. <laughs> Dennis Lamb made the start instead and uh, uh, gave up um, seven runs. Uh, he, the Cubs gave up seven runs in the first inning. Uh, of course, it looks like uh, the outclassed Cubs are going to go down to uh, lopsided defeat as usual until they get six runs in the bottom of God, the first inning. And uh, as uh, as one of the players put it, it was the craziest ball game ever. And then the second inning started. <laughs> That's uh, right, thirteen uh, runs. Uh, after Mike Smith hits a home run, there are two future Hall of Famers in this ball game: Bruce Suter, the reliever for the Cubs, and oh, Mike Smith, the third baseman for the Phillies. It's going to come down to uh, uh, forty-four runs scored in in regulation. So they have to go to extra innings with the uh, score tied twenty-two to twenty-two. Uh, this is after Mike Schmidt has hit a home run in the first inning. Then the Cubs walked him four times, but they pitched to him in the top of the tenth. Uh, the only two future Hall of Famers in the game, Suter facing Schmidt. Suter hung a split finger pitch to uh, Mike Schmidt, and uh, that became the last home run in a day uh, full of them. Uh, it, it wound up being uh, exciting right to the end. Pretty amazing. It was pretty it was pretty close by just a few days. Uh, it happened 40 years ago, May 17th. That's, that's right. And uh, it's still uh, only day games. Uh, there are not mm-hmm. going to be uh, any lights at Wrigley Field until 1988. Uh, the, the reason um, that uh, the book talks about baseball as being on the brink at that time, it's, it was really just about to become the game we're familiar with today. Uh, if you look at this game on YouTube, you'll be amazed at how skinny the players are. Uh, Mike Schmidt was called Muscles and, uh, by his teammates, <laughs> and he's the size of a shortstop. He was right. uh, 6'1 right. and 195. The, the feared Dave Kingman, the strongest, the most feared hitter in the, in the, the National League, was 6'6 and 215. So that makes him uh, a little taller than Chris Bryant and uh, Anthony Rizzo but about 40 pounds lighter. Uh, that's because the weight rooms were brand new. Those 79 Philadelphia Phillies had the first weight room in the big leagues. Uh, steroids are just around the corner, so baseball bodies are about to change enormously. Uh, this is also the first year that WGN puts the Cubs on cable television. Oh, it's yeah. a superstation. Yep. That, that began that year, so the Chicago Cubs and also the Atlanta Braves, who had their superstation, 
are about to become national brands. ESPN debuted in 1979. Cable TV is going to pump an enormous amount of money into the to the game and really keep it alive because um, you know as, as fans of those days remember the NFL had really overshadowed the national pastime in in the right, 70s. Right. Monday Night Football was the biggest thing, biggest show on TV, and all baseball had was the game of the week. But cable TV is going to change that enormously. Um, this is also the beginning of metrics in 79. Tony La Russa across town from, from uh, Wrigley Field, he's coaching, the, he's managing the uh, White Sox, and he's, he's getting mocked as Egghead and Mr. Einstein for having the stacks of computer printouts and studying what players might do in different situations. Fantasy baseball was invented in the offseason after this, so that's going to uh, introduce fans to uh, uh, new stat, to, to statistically uh, uh, having some skin in the game themselves. So in so many ways, this is just on the brink of the games becoming what, what we look at today. You know, one of the biggest things for me as well, one of the big thing, not maybe the biggest thing, but one of the big things, just having Harry Carey in the booth was a huge deal for me. <laughs> huge deal. We um well, and he's another big part of what's what's going to change. He was still with the White Sox right, this year, right. he's getting ready to come over, and and take me out to the bowl game was not a big deal at Wrigley Field. It was just it was played on the organ and yep. people sang along. He's going to play such a huge role in popularizing the Cubs and and uh, and uh, making uh, making maybe the the worst singing in the history of uh, the game. Some of the most popular and most entertaining you ever heard. It was wonderful. I, we had Harry on many years ago, and I got it. Harry's been gone a long time already now, but that's true. And he and Pearsall, by the way, was every bit as entertaining as Harry was because Pearsall would say anything he wanted to about anyone. And I don't care if they liked it or not. He would just say it. I mean, honest to God, I, I just I remember one that time was quite a broadcasting team. It yeah. really was. I remember. I can't remember who it was that hit a hit a grounder to third. And instead of running down to first base, he kind of just jogged down there because he knew he was going to be thrown out mm-hmm. by about 25 feet. And I'll, I, geez, I wish I could remember who it was. Doesn't matter. Jimmy Pearsall on national television on the you know the cable system or whatever. Right. He says, "Look at that fat cow." <laughs> 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 like really, <laughs> really? You call him a fat cow? And of course, Jimmy's greatest line ever, ladies and gentlemen. They uh, Harry goes, "Hey, behind the home plate, all the players' wives are sitting there." And Pearsall says, "Yeah, bunch of horny broads looking for a free ride." <laughs> <laughs> he said that on television. He was, he was not a not a diplomat, Jimmy. Uh, no, no, he was and, not. Uh, <laughs> God, the whole thing. What? What a! Now, did you happen to be at this ball game in 1979? I, I was not at the ball game. I didn't uh, start. To, I didn't re- reach Chicago until uh, the early 80s, and then I would knock off work and go to uh, some day games. God. But I did track down a lot of fans um, who were there, in, uh, including one of my favorites was a was a young fan who sat in the left field bleachers, and uh, and I wound up marrying her. Oh, so, uh, see how great have, that uh, is. <laughs> I do have some personal connections to this game in 1979. Oh, it's just wonderful. What what year did Harry die? I was trying to think of when he died. Was that in the early 90s? Gosh, I'm trying to remember. I think you're right. It's about 10 years, uh, and uh, it's it's uh, it's a great thing. Part of the way baseball observes its traditions um, that uh, uh, the seventh inning stretch 
song is carried on at Wrigley Field and in his spirit. And, uh, of course, if you uh, go to the ballpark uh, from the center field uh, direction, uh, you'll encounter uh, Harry's statue out there, and he looks yep. like he's just about to burst into song, uh, <laughs> even in his statue. Yeah, well, well I was going to say Harry passed away February 18th, 1998. 98, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, that, yeah gosh, 21 ago. Gosh, 20 years ago. 20 years ago. That's what a, what a big impression he leaves. I've been uh, doing the same morning show in this market now since 1986, and we had Harry on one time. I don't remember what year he was on. But we had him on, and a couple of the people on the show with me, uh, one of them, Mike Gelfand, was being a smartass. I mean, not over the top and trying to embarrass Harry, but he was just being a smartass, right? So Mike says something, and there's a long pause, and Harry says, Barnard, control your monkeys. (laughs) (laughs) I love those guys so much. You got the monkeys and the fat cows and the whole menagerie. And the the horny broads looking for a free ride. Kevin, what a a great interview this is. Great book, 10 Innings at Wrigley, the wildest ball game ever with baseball on the brink. It's available on Amazon. We need more books like yours, Kevin, because we need to bring baseball back to where it was, when it was America's pastime, and it was a dream for every kid to watch baseball. And if you got to go to the park, that was like being in heaven. It was wonderful. So let's try to bring it back, shall we? Sounds good to me. I'm I'm with you on that one, Tom. Kevin, you're a good man. Thank you, sir. Thanks a lot. Bye. We'll be back with the family. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie-cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me, too? No. (laughs) (laughs) God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. You I still are. never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't. <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the ball game. Is this called a calliope? 
Yeah. Sounds like so. a calliope. Yeah, it's it's an organ. I don't know. What's the difference? Well, I believe a calliope is the proper name for a merry-go-round. Well, the twins, oh, yeah. twins are kicking butt, is it? Uh, they are. The twins are doing really well. Lost yesterday, but no big deal. They're going to lose once in a while. Well, and um, also, if anybody didn't hear yesterday, Bill Buckner did pass away from yes. Lewy body dementia. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. I always felt bad for Buckner because yeah. he kind of became like a, a joke, like, oh, you just Bucknered it. Oh. You, know, you just screwed... Bucknered it. <laughs> he screwed something up. But um, he was one hell of a ball player. Well, it's so much fun to watch the Twins win. Mm-hmm. I mean, and be, they're good. They're actually really good. Tom's watching baseball again. You haven't, oh, watched, you haven't it, sat no. down and watched a game in years. Well, that's when, you know, and I'm not trying to condemn Joe Maurer, but he was sucking up all the money and he was always hurt. Well, mm-hmm. there had to be more to it like than that. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> but there had to be more to it than just that. There's a lot of money to be sucking up by one ball player. Yeah. That is. But now, he wasn't, I mean, in, in comparison to other big league ball teams, yeah. he wasn't making that kind of money, was he? He was making $24 million a year. What is... That's pretty good. Well, now what is, it's what is one of the so best psychotic. pitchers making these days? Uh, I don't know about pitchers, but the number one uh, was it? It's Mike. Um, who's the number one player in baseball now? He's making forty-five million a year. Because I mean, it, pitching is everything. Mike Trout, right? Yeah, Mike mm-hmm. Pitching everything, really? Uh, in general, if you don't have pitching, you got yeah, no you shot. Yeah, you got nothing. Yeah, so, how much was Maurer making? Twenty-four million. million. That would currently put him at number eighteen for highest-paid MLB players. There you go. So, yeah, that's Mike Trout is number okay. one. Uh, no, Mike Trout or whatever you said. Mike Trout, yeah. Steven Strasburg. That's got to be old. That's got to be an old list. Twenty nineteen, pretty new. Really? Like, I thought for sure Mike Trout made the most money. Mike Trout is number four. Really? Huh. Didn't he just sign a deal for like four hundred and fifty million dollars? Uh, his 2019 yeah. salary is 34 million. Oh, that's all he's making. Yeah, I know. <laughs> then why does he even show up at the ballpark? Poor guy. Yeah, I've never understood why. Okay, so they have this contract with Maurer. He misses. A, how many games can you miss and still yeah, get paid? Yeah, isn't that breach of contract? Yeah, I know. I mean, I know that you know if he had a physical problem, it's not his fault. But if he's not playing yeah well i'm sure he has an injury clause in his contract that if he gets injured he still gets paid that's the best gig in the universe i know right oops i accidentally (laughs) shot my leg with a nail gun guess i have to stay at home and make 40 million dollars a year i'm sure it has to be related to the game itself like it's kind of like a workman's comp type of thing yeah but the thing is is though he was missing so many games and they signed him again Mm-hmm. I mean, what point do you go, you know what, he's missing. This guy clearly has osteoporosis or something. Games, why would we be paying somebody yeah, who can't win games for us? And his salary ate up most of our salary, yeah, and then we couldn't get other decent players because it was all going to Mauer. And he, was, he, wasn't, the, he wasn't the star. We weren't winning because he was on the team. No, we were not. Is what I'm saying. When he first started, he was spectacular. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. He's never a power hitter, but, man, he could hit the isn't ball. That, isn't that interesting how many players are so amazing, and then as soon as they get that big contract, oh, yeah. all of a sudden that it's like happen. they're not hungry for it anymore. Uh, Microsoft News. Oh, wow, yeah. He uh, he played 127 games in his last season. Yeah, 127. So that's 33 or 35 short of what he should have played. 
Yeah, that's yeah, that's it's a lot of injury. A lot of injury. That's a lot of sick days. <laughs> All right. PTO. So, in any case, uh, MSN, which is Microsoft News, which is a you know it's a worldwide news organization, picked the number one Italian restaurants in every state. The one in Minnesota says, uh, perfect for date nights, special occasions, or business meetings. Features a fun atmosphere and a unique menu. You can even sit at a pasta bar to see the chefs at work. Uh, they also say, try the soft egg and lobster bruschetta. It is mm. Bar La Grassa. Bar La Grassa was named the number one Italian go. restaurant in Minnesota. How by, cool is by that? By who? MSN. MSN. You oh. weren't listening to that part? No? MS- Microsoft. Oh. Yeah, Microsoft News But Network. I mean, they picked up this story from someplace else. Or did they conduct um, the poll is what I'm asking. Hold on a second. I, will I doubt if MSN did that. They picked up the story from uh, someplace. Alexa Hackford. But it doesn't say, it doesn't say who, where, where the story came from. Hmm. So it must have come from Microsoft News Network, I guess. But how cool is that? Bar La Grassa, the best Italian restaurant in the state of Minnesota. Did they have... Is that the headline, or is it just was it just Italian restaurants, or is it? It's the best Italian restaurant in every state. Okay. Although I don't think I agree with Illinois. I got to go back to Illinois because I'm I don't know. I, I know Gene and Giorgetti's not going to make it, but no. God, I love going there. But so many great memories. Because there just was, I think it was a Minneapolis St. Paul magazine or something like that that just did a best of. Oh, they did restaurants mm-hmm. and lap fourteen. Lat 14 Our did well. And Ahmad. And then Bar La Grassa did well too. She made it. Yep. Bar La Grassa was on there. Some restaurants I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. All right. We got to ask Joe from Louisville about this one. The number one Italian restaurant in Kentucky is De Fabio's Casapella, Louisville, featuring a large selection of gluten free options. Look at it. It's so hard to Bar find. Bar La Grassa has a gluten free yeah, menu. They do. Absolutely. Oh, they do. Yes, they is do. You ask for it. Pasta? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Because some places are like, yeah, we have gluten-free. You can have this and this and this without pasta or the you bun. Have the you, can have a, you can have a steak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can have a steak. I That's love it. that when you see things like steaks with gluten-free on the label. Yeah. It's like, really? Well, because sometimes they marinate stuff in sauces. But if it's just a chunk of meat, yeah, it's, it's not going to have meat. gluten in it. Yeah, so <laughs> they're listed as a gluten-free restaurant, and then you go there, and it's just oh. a slab of meat. That's your gluten-free mm. option or yeah. a salad. Yeah. 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 Sometimes, like, on packages, you'll buy, like, a bag of sugar, and it'll say gluten-free on it. <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's just a marketing it thing. It says gluten-free on a bag of sugar? Basically, everything that doesn't have gluten in it, even if it's painfully obvious that it doesn't have gluten in it. Yeah, they yeah. have to list the allergens, whether it's milk, soy, wheat, right. stuff like that. And, you know, sometimes they don't even put the allergens on there, but it is gluten-free, like rice, like regular sure. rice, you right. know, I know is gluten-free. But, yeah, it's nice to know that they have gluten-free pasta because I love pasta. But you have to ask, oh, yeah. you have, you have to ask for yeah. the menu. It yeah. is true. I don't understand this headline here. Fox's Brit Hume fires back at Trump's criticism of Fox News. <laughs> why Why would he criticize? Uh, that's the only place that doesn't hate his guts. I, why would he be mad at them? Who knows? Maybe that's just that. that maybe it's a headline thing. I'm just going to hug this little baby doll. And well, it is Trump. Pay attention. Yeah, it He's is trying, Trump trying to stir he, the pot yeah, He criticizes everything. Say this for Buttigieg. He's willing to be questioned by Chris Wallace, something you've barely done since you've been president, Hume tweeted, quoting Trump's initial criticism 
Oh, and cover candidates, uh, covering candidates of both parties is part of the job of News Channel 2. Well, except for Fox, the Fox does that, but other channels don't, except to criticize them. So I don't really understand what this is all well, about. Why, why would Trump criticize Fox? They're the only ones who like They you. probably said something against him for a switch. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, here. Well, it's not really a criticism. Settle down, Brit Hume. Trump blasted the network Sunday night for wasting airtime by covering Buttigieg uh, and other 2020 Democratic candidates. Hard to believe that Fox News is wasting time on Mayor Pete, as Chris Wallace uh, likes to call him. The president tweeted referring to Buttigieg, the Fox News host. Yeah, I don't, I don't really understand why he. Why would you even say that? They're the only ones who like you. None of the other channels like him. No. So I don't know what the hell. Why would you complain about the only one who supports you? I don't know. It's just going to get more it crazy really closer to the election, too. I don't so. know. Who, who are you going to vote for? Strap yeah. in. I don't know. Seriously, who are you going to vote for? It's just I, these people are all nuts now. I don't, know. I don't think I'm going to vote. Honestly, a lot of people feel that same way. I can't. I can't just vote for the lesser of two evils. Well, I, and in Minnesota, third your party, vote is meaningless. Make a statement. No. There's no reason to vote in Minnesota. They're always no. going to go one way. I'll write your name way. in. How about that? Yeah, that's a good idea. I'll write in Tom Bernard as a writing candidate. Ask not what your country <laughs> can do for you. I'll just go right with that. Yeah, I've actually been, been asked to run for governor and president. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to happen. No. I would be you know so bored. and be unbelievable. After listening to all that crap every day. Oh. Let me take some questions. You this shut up. You shut up. You yeah. shut up. Poor Catherine be the first lady in, in the White House lawn with her eyes rolling constantly. <laughs> constantly rolling eyes. Oh, my God. He's at it again. She went on a worldwide cruise the moment he took office. <laughs> never came back. <laughs> never to be seen again. Can you imagine? Well, Terry uh, Ventura had a... Did she like that? Her glamour shot? Yeah, she had a glamour shot. She has a glamour <laughs> shot at the she governor's does. residence. We've got all these first ladies down in the basement, the pictures of the first ladies. Right, they are. And yeah. they're all like these kind of stoic librarian sort right. of poses where they're very serious. And there's Terry with like this big glamour <laughs> shot, <laughs> big <laughs> hair, and great lighting. Woman. No, she's very pretty, she's but it just was... It was It was... Stark contrast. <laughs> <laughs> Stark contrast. You're absolutely right about that. I wish they'd keep that house up, by the way. It's a beautiful house that was donated to the state of Minnesota. What do you mean? The government? Uh, governor's the governor's re- residence. What do you mean? Yeah. The... It's just kind of seedy looking in some spots. Did you notice that? What do you that? mean? Oh, did you ever go upstairs? Yeah. It's just not, you know. First of all, where'd you get that mattress at the old mattress giant store? Or where'd you get that thing? I don't know. It's just it's not as nice as it could be. I guess is what I'm saying. Well, I think part of the problem is is a it's a mansion. So I remember when Tim Pawlenty was in there. Right. He was. You know, they needed some new bedspreads. Yes, and, they know, did. And they were like, you know, their budget was very tiny. And I remember Mary going to Sears. Yes. To get them on sale. <laughs> Because I offered to buy him a bed, and they, they said, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. So apparently you can't. Because I said, that's where you sleep? 
I'll get you a new bed. You've been because no, again, it's a beautiful I've, house with some great spaces. Yeah, it's on a beautiful lot too. The lot is gorgeous. It's absolutely, but it yeah, you're right. It could definitely use, but maybe things have been done that we upgrade, don't know actually. about. Yeah, I haven't been in there since Palenti left. And I, again, I knew Tim Palenti before, long before he was governor. So it's not that I got to know him after he became governor. I knew him long before that. And Arnie Carlson invited us over there one time. Yeah, Arnie Car- That was Cindy Brucato though that actually invited us. Oh. Was, I don't think Arnie wanted oh, that's anything right. she to do was, with me. She was his press secretary yes. or something for a while. I forgot about that. I think he, hey, how you doing? I mean, he's one of those deals. Well, like, settle nice down there, Arn Sparger. Well, I'm sure he was nice to you. People yeah. are always nice to me, though. I just love that so much. I'm nice to them. Take oh, so that's what Take it is. It's my fault. <laughs> it's my fault Live that I'm learn. not nice to them. So, yeah, you might be right about that. Yeah, Donald, seriously, if I were you, I wouldn't bitch about Fox News because they're the only ones who don't want you impeached so calm down do people not understand that do you think they just don't pay attention to that kind of thing i don't pay attention to it anymore but i mean i've lost interest i have totally lost interest in all politics at this point oh my god i look up at my screen just now and it's scrolling through ocasio cortez and michael avenatti There's a couple of barn burners. Yeah. She did tell me, though, that, uh, well, she told all of us, not just me, but I took it personally. She said, if we don't uh, do th- something, we're all going to be dead in 12 years. I think we're down to 11. Was it down to 11 now? I think so. You're yeah. not going to live much longer than 11 more years, so watch what you're doing. Well, Michael Jackson was saying that on his, remember, what was that movie that just came out about him not too long ago? Uh, take it. Take was it, it. Take Take what was it called? What the heck was it? It was sort of a biography. Take the night or take, I don't know. I don't remember what it was. He was telling everybody that we had 20 years. And that was 20 years ago. Yep. Well, they did say in 1970 that uh, human beings would have to wear gas masks by 1980. That's not too far from the truth in some areas in China. Well, China's different, but not in America. You know what I mean? Well, the right wind's blowing. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's the whole thing. It has to be the right wind blowing. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I cannot understand any of these politicians anymore because I know that Amy Klobuchar was talking about uh, that Trump should pay more respect to John McCain. He, he's not respectful enough to John McCain. And McCain family said, please don't use my dead father as one of your political tools. I would agree with that. I know, but I don't think Amy Klobuchar meant anything. I, I don't know Amy Klobuchar. Amy Klobuchar. Amy Klobuchar, her tweets are getting more and more uh, radical, I would say. Are they really? Yeah, I think that she started out kind of as a middle-of-the-road person, and she's getting just... So what's she radical about, the oh, climate change a, and well, all big, Well, Big Pharma, which I'm, I agree with her. I don't blame her for I, that one. I agree with her about that, but it just... I don't know. I know. You just, I know what you're saying. If you read the tweets, you're just kind of like, mm, yeah, just she's getting more and more hard. negative, Trying critical. too hard. Yeah. Like I said, hang around little children to make you happier than a son of a bitch. It's just wonderful to hang around little children. They're just happy. And we'll be right back in a couple of minutes with the family. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. 
We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. I'm talking to Neil Sheehy, ex-NHL defenseman. Neil, you've had great success following the Nutrimost Wellness Plan. How much weight did you lose? Tom, I dropped over 63 pounds in 44 days, but more importantly, I know how to keep it off. That's great. What makes Nutrimost different from all of those other programs out there? In addition to my success, I have two brothers and two sisters who had great success on the Nutrimost wellness program. And collectively, we all lost a total of 222 pounds on the program. My brother and I were so impressed that we decided to open up a clinic in Plymouth. Find out how and why Nutrimost is unlike any other weight loss plan by attending the Nutrimost free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Tuesday, June 4th at Jake's in Plymouth. Nutrimost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Register for the Nutrimost dinner or schedule your immediate consultation. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Is this Mbop? No, this is Spin Doctor. Honestly, God, it, it does sound like similar. Yeah. There's one. Mbop. Maybe uh, Spin Doctor should have sued hands, the Hansons. Yeah, maybe. Because it does sound like Mbop. Spin Doctors. That is a good song. Yeah. Is it really, really. Oh my God. Some of the stuff in the news is just uh, amazing. The Democratic Republic of Congo continues a struggle to contain outbreak. Ebola health worker killed by villagers. What? So you're there to, to make sure they're healthy and they end up killing you. Oh. What is that all about? I mean, I'm here to help you. Well, uh, for that, I'm going to kill you. Health workers in the Democratic Republic of Congo continue to struggle to effectively combat the deadly virus that's currently raging in an out-of-control outbreak. On Saturday, villagers killed a health worker, citing the Daily Health Ministry Bulletin dated Sunday. Part of the population of Vusahiro Village in the health sector of Mabalako, uh, which is the nor- North Kivu province, rose up and attacked the local team fighting back against Ebola. The official report reads, in addition to the worker who died, the health center in Vusahiro uh, was uh, trashed and looted, and three village houses were burned down. Another triage center was vandalized overnight in a separate incident over the weekend. The outbreak is the second deadliest in history, having killed more than 1,200 people so far. Why would you kill a health worker? They're, they're trying to save dumb. your life. To rob them? I don't know. It's just stupidity. <clears throat> yeah. It is? A lot well, of stupidity just... in the world right now. It's true. Like yeah, that, it's like you just go you go through anything, you know, go you just read comments on Twitter or Facebook or try to look at the news. And it's just like, holy God, and it's also Is anything negative. all right out there. No, in that's the world? true. No, you're absolutely right. But I, I'm very serious about that. People should be around 
young children more, you'd realize that until you get to them and screw them up, they're very, very happy. And I understand their brains aren't fully formed or they have no, uh, you know, duties or anything like that. So it's much easier to be happy. But could you let them at least try to take it into their adult years? That would be really, really nice. I don't know. There was at that party on Saturday over at uh, over in was that Edina? Yeah. It was an outdoor thing, and the children there could not have been happier. The people that were there, the mothers and fathers, they were all great too. Everybody was in a great mood. Well, everybody got to go outside and play. Everybody should just go outside and play. Yes, they really should go outside and play instead of hating one another. I don't see the upside of all this hatred. I, I really don't there understand that at all. There is no upside to it, except for you know if you're the recipient of votes. Andy, why is it right now that everybody's dying on Everest? What is what is going on here? Are there some bad storms or oh. something? People, it's too easy to start climbing Everest, and people don't know what the well, hell they're doing. It's very expensive. Yeah, but it's also it's cool and trendy, so now everyone's going and doing it, and they're dying. Why would they die now over other times? Because they're not experienced climbers, or because... The people, maybe they're, are there, maybe they're running scams over there. They I might mean, be. I, I think just the permitting alone is 10, like at least $25,000 just to get oh, the permit. And then you have to have, and then you have to have safety equipment and you have to have Sherpas. Yeah, Sherpa, you right. Ha, you like have you to. You have to have them, yeah. So it's, it's very expensive to do. So I got to point one thing out to people who want to climb Mount Everest, um, Climbers are running into trouble in what's known as the, quote, death zone. Why would you go into the death zone is what I don't understand. must be where the air gets super thin or something. Uh, the air is steep. dangerously thin. Yeah. And climbers at this point have shed as much equipment as they can for uh, the home stretch per the times. But the long lines mean some are running out of oxygen before they can get up and down again. The problem is when climbers are that close to the top, few want to abandon the quest despite the risk. Ah, there you go. So that's why they're dying. They we won't give up. made it this far. Let's keep going. God. Amisha Chahran, an Indian woman, is recuperating from frostbite after her Everest oh. climb this year. She, too, experienced delays. I saw some climbers without basic skills fully relying on their Sherpa guides calling for a Nepalese government to tighten the approval process. Only trained climbers should be granted the permit to climb Mount Everest. I would agree with that completely. Yes. They're just sending anybody up there now. Yeah, go ahead and climb it. Well, they're making money. I don't know that that's wise, though. I just... I know. I don't know how smart that whole thing is. I just... I, I don't think people understand or realize how tough of a thing that is to do. To climb Mount Everest? Yeah. I think that people are like, hey, I'm fighting fit. I I can crawl over the rock thing at REI. I'm good to go. Yeah, I can crawl. I can <laughs> I've got a lot of money, wall. so I'll yeah, just be able to true. do it. Somebody will take care of me. My team will take care of me. And wouldn't you take yeah, like 50 times the amount of oxygen that you needed? I would. I'd be like, I'm not going up there without like three weeks worth of oxygen. Right, right. Yeah. Is there anybody that Trump gets along with anymore? Is there anybody and left? Because he and Tillerson are battling, and now Trump splits with Bolton. Foreign Ministry rep uh, calls him a war maniac and a human defect. Ooh. 
Uh, President Trump acknowledged he was breaking with advisors Monday when he said he wasn't personally bothered by North Korea's recent short-range missile tests. My people think it uh, could have been a violation, but I view it differently, the uh, president said from Japan. He was referring to National Security Advisor John Bolton's Saturday proclamation that the test no doubt violated U.N. Security Council resolutions banning the launch of any ballistic missiles. That was enough for an inv- of an invitation for North Korea, whose foreign ministry soon attacked Bolton. More like a security-destroying advisor, he's uh, impudently uh, poking his nose into other people's internal matters with a claim much more than ignorant, said an unnamed spokesperson. Why would Trump—why does he keep breaking with his own advisors? It makes no sense to me. Why do you hire advisors if you're not going to listen to them? I think he probably, if he just doesn't get his own way, he just fires them. Do you think that these people, I mean, you look at the last couple of presidents, Donald Trump and Barack Obama, two of the most arrogant human beings I've ever seen on television. Why are we, why are we electing arrogant people now? Or are people all that, people to run for president? There's only people that run for the job. I suppose that is probably true. Although George W. Bush didn't seem to be arrogant. Jimmy Carter wasn't arrogant, I don't think. I don't know, maybe. But. I don't know. Like I said, I think we should start a new party and call it the auditing party, where you audit where all the money has been going. Oh, my God. Was un- <laughs> That's all a- you do for four years is figure out where all the cash is going. I read a story on the on the show this morning about uh, about sales tax revenue, that, 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 that revocations, $32.7 million worth of sale, sales tax that was never paid to the state of Minnesota. $32.7 million, and when asked where most of it went, oh, they just hold on to the money to reinvest it in their business. Well, you can't do that. Well, sales tax isn't your money it's or not your, your profit money. That's margin. exactly right. So that's the whole deal. You're collecting it for the state, therefore yeah, you have to give it to the state. Yeah, you're working for the state for free. And they're going to shut down your business, and you're never going to get a license to do a business again. I, I, what are you doing? you until kingdom come. Well, yeah, that's the other part of it. You're going to get fined into yeah. like into oblivion. So yeah, you don't want trouble with know. tax attorneys. No, I, no. And, and I tell or you what, the IRS. Nope. Anybody, nope, that, nope. Anybody that bitches about the IRS, uh, you know, after some people stole some money from us, you know, pretty rocky period. And the IRS could not have been more helpful. Everybody at the IRS was just really helpful and, and you know, kind of paid attention. It was terrific. They did a really, really nice job. So anybody, oh, I hate the IRS. Well, you shouldn't hate the IRS because... Yeah, but you were actually talking to them. Well, that's right. Yeah, I would you just meet weren't, with them. Yeah, yeah. You weren't like, oh, just not going to pay my taxes and not tell anybody or yeah, that, file that, or whatever. There was not that, I'm not going to pay my taxes. No, that was not going to happen, <laughs> believe me. I have no interest in going to Stillwater. Not, <laughs> none, I, I just don't. I have no interest in going to prison. God, remember, you know, no reason to bring up why we were there, but we would go every weekend to, to visit someone. And the, just the stuff that those prisoners would do to try to impress Catherine and Alex and then try to impress me is how tough they were. Like, give me a break. Ridiculous. Like, I'd walk by and they'd push their chair back to block my way. Oh, like, geez. put the chair back in. I'm going home and you're going to be staying here. And push your chair and let me buy you dope. Well, what else do they have to do? I guess, yeah, yeah, maybe it's like a game show for them. (laughs) have their own game show, but I don't know. People just, they get really weird. But, yeah, I I could not believe that. If they had collected all that $32.7 million, I wonder 
if things would be a bit different in, in Minnesota with all these taxes we're paying out? Was it $48 billion now they're going to spend? No. Did they, did they approve a budget? I think they did, yeah. Oh, I'm pretty I sure they did. Attention. I'm pretty sure they did. And what's funny about it is they came to an agreement, kind of met in the middle. Yeah. But the Star Tribune, Governor Walls with a big win. It's like, no, nobody won. They just met in the middle. You don't have to lie. I know you're professional liars at newspapers now. You didn't used to be, but you are now. Oh, All heard, you do I, is lie. See, that's so funny because I don't remember where I saw this, but I, I saw something saying Walt sold out to the Republicans. He didn't oh, get yeah, what they were. Right. Yeah. But see, they, so met they were in the mad middle. at him. So he sold out and then he scored a big win. Well, uh, which one is it? Well, that's right. You, know, you can't just keep up making up lies to try to sell your newspapers or your fish wrap or whatever that crap is you do. I remember a guy called in one time. I was, I was complaining about the, the Star Tribune and, you know, these newspapers are all filthy. Sorry. But a guy called in and goes, yeah, Tommy, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know what we call that newspaper at my house? The Star Diaper, because ain't nothing but shit in it. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> The star diaper. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I just really wish they wouldn't lie like that. That'd be really, really nice. Just tell the truth. But, hey, you watch the, the television news, man. There's lies everywhere in there, too. Why do, they, why do you think they do that? Because they get away with it. Why do they get away with it? Because they're allowed to. People crave other people stirring the pot. They, they do. just do. I, I don't get it. I <laughs> I want to stay far away from drama and just crap I don't need to deal with. But people right. thrive on it now. They, they go on social media to see what is the next argument I can get involved in. Yeah. And so, I don't know. And in, in the news, uh, they just fuel that fire. With, yeah. They do, you know, yeah. Right well, you've got that. all kinds of kids in your house. You got plenty of drama. You don't need it. I know. <laughs> you don't need I don't more watch drama. TV. It, this must be the you know symptom of boredom. I think yeah. in so. America. Yeah. I mean, the, the, people must be bored to tears, so they're looking for some outlet. Maybe I don't know because I like I don't even watch the news. I don't watch you know even local news. I really don't watch anymore. Um, I just don't have time. The only time right, I ever right. be have time to watch TV is at night after they go to bed. And I'm watch like right now, Dave and I watch The Walking Dead, and we just keep it to one show, and we, you know, we're binging through that. But yeah, the kids, I, you know, and they'll like believe anything they see on, yes. on the internet or oh, yeah. post. Oh, and yeah. I'm just like, I'm like, hey, don't you even think to do some more research? I said, you're, it's oh. a he said she said thing. Don't take this yeah. at face value. It's like, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like when I was growing up, I could, I felt like I could trust the written word yes it took me a long time to realize that no you cannot oh god do no that. not really, any of it. you can't you just can't <clears throat> people what? can manipulate yeah. articles you know I, i've always gotten along with neil justin over at uh over the star tribune but even when he writes an article about me he always has to go to somebody who hates my guts to be quoted mm-hmm. i don't know why that he's just is. trying to be balanced huh <laughs> <Is> <laughs> Put you balanced? a little balance I mean, he dug Neil Houston out of the <laughs> shit can. Ooh. Well, I mean, seriously. <laughs> who even knows who that is? Oh, he's a horrible human being. Who are you? I mean, give me a break. I don't oh. know. Why, why do they have to do well, that? Any today? human being, you know, any human being, you'll find somebody that doesn't like somebody if you dig 
Oh yeah, enough. But, but why do you need to include? I would, you know, I so I give the interview and then I get to read that. You know, it's like, why am I doing the? So I, I have decided I'm not doing any more interviews. I don't blame for you. Anybody. I'm not I, doing it anymore at all. Yeah, not, you, no if more. you give people access to your life, you're going to regret it, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's not that I'm mad at Neil or anything, Neil Justin. I, I, it's fine and all the rest. Of it. I just don't want to do appearances. I don't want to do interviews. I don't do any of that stuff. I just there's no reason to do it because they're never positive. Yeah, they always twist it into something that it's not. Yeah, I mean, even the last time that the Channel 5 did a story. I worked for Channel 5 for 30 years, and the second they got a chance to run a negative story about me, they did it. It's like, I've known you people for decades, and you're going to turn on me like this just because you're getting your ass handed to you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's because they knew they could get the ratings for that story. I guess. And that's sad but true. It's a bizarre way to look at life, though. Just get along. Just look at the comments on anything. It's mostly negative. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't matter if you say, you know, I like blue. There would be five million comments. Exactly. What's wrong with you? Red's clearly a much better color. The only reason you like blue is because you like blue-eyed people who look like racists. According to Ali Sultan, you have a racist face. Oh, God, that was so funny. It was very funny, actually. He's a nice guy. He's a very nice guy. Well, he's just saying, yeah, he goes, I'm just being honest with you. You have a racist face. I've seen seen his stand-up. He's funny. He is funny. Mm -hmm. We're going to have him on the morning show, too. He came in here and did a great job. That's going to do it. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family.